Okay, so we're reading from Mark 1, um, verses 1 to 8. Okay, so John the Baptist prepares the way. In the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. Oh, okay. Um, as, it is, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messengers ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins, who were baptized by him in the river Jordan. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt round his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Brilliant. Thank you very much. I love taking photographs, and uh, I also love looking at photographs, um, but I'm not very good at printing photographs out. Who else here is rubbish at printing photographs out? Yeah, I think we've got really lazy with that. Because we have them on our phones all the time, we're really rubbish at printing photos out. So we don't have loads of photos around our house. We do have some, though. And in a lot of photos, Kezia, my youngest child, isn't in them because <laughs> because I haven't got round to printing them off. Uh, there are photos that she is in. And she's like, oh, look, there's me. And there's photos that she isn't in. And she'll say, mum, where was I in that photo? We've got one on our windowsill of just the boys um, standing on their way to the park. And she's not in it. And we say, oh, Kezia, you're probably in the backpack carrier at that point. Uh, or you, you were maybe somewhere else. Maybe daddy had you while I was taking the photo. Or there's pictures of Archie and I on our wedding day. And she says, mum, where was I in that photo? And we say, oh, uh, Kezia, that was before you were born. And she was at that stage where one of her biggest questions was why. And so she, was, she would say, mum, but where was I before I was born? <laughs> and as a parent, you think, oh, gosh, I have no idea how to answer that question. And uh, we decided that we were going to start saying to her, Kezia, that was when you were in God's thoughts. And so now what she says when she sees a picture or we talk about a time from before she was born, she'll say, was that when I was in God's thoughts? And we'll say, yes, Kezia, that was when you were in God's thoughts. And I, I feel like this first little bit in Mark that we read, it's written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the desert prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. If we were explaining this to children, we would say that this was when John was in God's thoughts. In Isaiah, when he's speaking about, so this little bit that we read here is actually prophesied in Isaiah, a book in the Old Testament. And that's when John was in God's thoughts. I love the fact that what happened after that is it says this, so after we hear the prophecy from Isaiah, it says, and so John the Baptist appeared. It's like he just suddenly randomly appeared in the wilderness. But actually, if we read in Luke uh, 1, there's a time uh, when John didn't just appear in the wilderness. 
And it says this. At that time, Mary, who was Jesus's mother, got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth, who was probably her cousin. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby, the baby inside Mary's tummy was John, leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. A loud voice, in a loud voice she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child who you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of the Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. I love that. That John was already preparing the way for Jesus, even when he was inside the womb. So along came John. And in verse 4, we see that John was baptizing people and he was preaching in the wilderness. And the word for preaching here is the same word as the word to herald. And I don't know about you, but to me, the word herald, I imagine someone standing with a trumpet and kind of, I can't do it with a microphone in my hand. I was practicing this last night and I can do it with, anyway, like this, with a trumpet going, you know that moment where um, the trumpet is sounded and then someone really important walks in. You know that moment? And I guess uh, I've called today's preach heralding the king. Oh, look, there's my trumpet. Heralding the king. Because my prayer is that as I speak to you, that it will be like that moment of the trumpet sound before Jesus comes in. I don't know um, whether you know this, but years ago, if you wanted to contact somebody, you would have to phone an operator. And the operator would then connect you to somebody else. Um, any, oh, I'm not going to ask that question. I was going to say, anyone remember that? But, oh, oh, people do remember that. No, sorry, it's still not like that. <laughs> and so what would happen is you would say, um, can I speak to such and such? The operator would put you in touch with them and then the operator would kind of fade into the background and you would then have this conversation. And I think my prayer today is that as I speak that I am like the operator and that I fade into the background as you're connected with Jesus, as we prepare the way for the King of Kings. So can we just pray? Jesus, we love you. And I pray that you would help me to humbly bring your word to us today as a church. I pray that you'd help us to have ears that are open I pray that you would meet every single person here. I pray that nobody would leave this room without having had a touch from you and a touch from your spirit. We want to prepare the way for you today, Jesus. Amen. So uh, the word herald in Bible times was used on three different occasions. And we're going to look at those three different occasions this morning. So the first occasion that there would have been a herald would be to prepare the way for the king. And I wanted to look at how are we preparing the way for Jesus? How are we preparing the way for Jesus in our church? 
And how are we preparing the way for Jesus in our own personal lives? And first of all, I think that we can very easily get so used to doing things as we do them every Sunday without remembering why we're doing them. And so I wanted to just look this morning about why we do what we do on a Sunday, because actually we want to be preparing the way for Jesus. So you'll notice that as we start, we worship. And there are four different reasons that I've come up with for why we worship. We worship God because of who he is, because we believe that he flung the stars into space. We believe that he created me and he created you, every single one of you here. He is the creator of the universe, and that's why we worship him. Two, we worship him because of what he's done. We believe that all the stuff that we've done wrong, the things that we've um, grieved God with, He took the punishment by sending Jesus to die on the cross for every single one of those things so that we can have a relationship with Jesus. We worship him because of what he's done. And actually in John 4, 24, he commands us to worship him. And it also says in the Bible that if we don't worship then even the rocks will cry out. And I've said this to you guys on a number of occasions. I would love to see the rocks crying out, but I would much rather see a church that is vibrantly and passionately worshipping the King of Kings. It'd be quite fun seeing the rocks cry out, though. But that's not an excuse. We worship him to bless and honour him out of a selfless act of love towards God. We worship him because we love him. We worship him because of what we see him doing in the world around us and in our lives and in the people's lives around us. And finally, we worship him so that God might draw near. When we praise God, God comes. And when he comes into the atmosphere, it changes and he takes dominion. One of my friends from Blackburn is on a journey of finding out whether or not she believes that uh, Jesus is real. And we were talking about the City Women event um, a moment ago, actually. And every time we have a City Women event, I invite her to come along. And she started coming to each of those. And she doesn't just come herself, but she brings her sister, her mum, her friends to these events. She doesn't yet know whether or not she believes in Jesus. But she walks into the room, and as the worship starts... She starts crying and she says to me, Jude, what is that? And you know, the last time she came, she said to me, Jude, I know what you say that is. You say that's the presence of Jesus. You say that's the Holy Spirit. You know that as we worship the Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus, we prepare the way for him to work. Around Christmas time last year, I went to my first ever professional football match. I went to see Aberdeen play. And uh, there's a shake of the head over there. Who do you support? He's not saying. (laughs) Uh, And uh, I was really struck when we went there that there are people who are totally invested in Aberdeen. People who spend their money, who spend their time going and watching Aberdeen. But there were also people like me who turned up for the first time, didn't know any of the songs, didn't really even know much about Aberdeen at all, who were just sitting like a lemon. 
But the people whose hearts were invested, they took drums with them, they knew the songs. Honestly, those people were worshipping that team like we should be worshipping the King of Kings. It was actually shocking. And I thought, do you know, if our hearts were invested in Jesus, like those people are invested in Aberdeen Football Club, what a different church we would have. What a different church we would have. So I want to say to us this morning, my challenge is, are we pressing into worship with absolutely everything that we have? I don't see you guys bringing drums on a Sunday morning. (laughs) Could be fun, couldn't it? But are we pressing in to Jesus with absolutely everything we have? They don't just sit there like lem- They are going for it with absolutely everything that they have. Every part of their body is moving. Secondly, after we've worshipped, we open the word together, don't we? We open this. And you know that if we're speaking to you on a Sunday, we spend time asking God, What is it you want to say to us as a church? What is it you want to say to me, God, as an individual? Because I want to prepare the way for you, Jesus. When we read scripture, we want to prepare the way for him. That's why we open it on a Sunday, because we believe that it's God-breathed. We believe that he speaks to us still today. That's why we open the scripture together. Archie and I love having people over for dinner. We, uh, every month we have all our site kids leaders come over, all the people that oversee the kids stuff across all of our sites. We love having friends over. We love having family over. We love having you guys over. Uh, we just love having people for dinner. And there was a time a little while back where I would spend all day slaving over this meal. I would get the slow cooker out. I remember we had um, a recipe I used to do a lot, which was a sausage and onion casserole. And we had about 10 people coming for dinner. And I cannot tell you how many onions I cut that morning ready for this meal. I popped it all in the slow cooker. I got the vegetables ready. And then Archie walks in from work. And he comes along and he makes a wee batter. And he finds some cake tins. And he puts this batter in the cake tins. And he makes makes the most incredible Yorkshire puddings you have ever seen. For me, just to put my casserole that I've slaved over for hours in the middle of. And as we brought it out, everyone was like, wow, Archie, that's amazing. (laughs) You can imagine maybe how I felt in that moment. (laughs) And it felt like that happened every time we did something. He would make some incredible masterpiece and I'd slaved away in the background. You know, at the end of the service, we have ministry time. We have a time where we say, we would love to pray for you. And I think we've got this bit a little bit muddled up in the last little while. And I want to say to us today that, you know, that's the masterpiece. That's the bit where we get to meet Jesus face to face. And I've got two challenges. Challenges for us sitting on our seats, sitting on our bottoms, And challenges for those people that are praying. First of all, it might be that something that we've said totally speaks to you and you want to get ministry for it. Or it might be that actually we're totally off the mark. But I'm assuming that because you've come here on a Sunday, you want to meet Jesus. You want to be transformed from the inside out. And actually, we can do that by making space for Jesus. 
And later on, we're going to have an opportunity for prayer. And we normally say, go over to the side over there. And I've been wrestling with this all last night. And you know how I was talking a few weeks ago about um, what I do being about for an audience of one, being for God alone. And actually, I'm going to say to you guys, if you want to meet Jesus, then come to the front. And for me, that's a scary thing because you all might sit in your seats and I'll look like a total lemon. But that's okay because it's for an audience of one. Even if there's one person down the front who wants to meet with Jesus, I'll be absolutely blown away. And then I want to speak to those of us who are praying with people. I think it's very easy when somebody comes out to be prayed for to chat, 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 chat all the time because we feel like we need to do something. But actually, we're inviting Jesus to do something. We're inviting the Holy Spirit to come and meet with that person. And so all we need to do is put our hand on the shoulder and say, Jesus, would you come? I remember a time uh, back at Gilk Park a long time ago, before we had the whole multi-site thing. And uh, during the worship, I'd been a bubbling mess. During the sermon, I'd been a bubbling mess. And I thought, I know I need to go forward for prayer. And I came forward for prayer, this absolute mess, tears everywhere. And somebody started speaking and speaking and speaking and cut through everything that God was doing. Actually, I just needed to meet Jesus. I just needed to be with him. And so it's totally fine to say something. It's totally fine to share something. But let's not get in the way of what Jesus wants to do. Let's wait for him, invite him in, and wait ourselves. If we're praying for people, wait and see what God wants to say. We don't want to get in the way of Jesus. So how are we preparing the way for Jesus in our own personal times as well. Struggling with my pieces of paper, I need a bigger stand. Okay. I felt like there were three things I felt challenged about. Personally for me, and personally for us as a church. And I spoke to you Uh, a few weeks ago about how bad I am at reading the Bible and saying, actually, I find reading really difficult. Reading is not my number one thing. Uh, I'm much better at listening to things than I am reading. I think I'm probably slightly dyslexic. And actually, I've got an app on my phone where I can listen to the words from the Bible, which is really helpful. So if you find reading difficult, I would really suggest that you get that. It's called YouVersion. And uh, people have been really good at saying to me, Jude, are you reading your Bible? Have you been reading your Bible? And it's been really helpful. And so please don't stop asking me if I've been reading my Bible. I don't want you guys to read this out of a sense of duty, out of a sense of religion, but out of a sense of I want God to speak to me. totally distracted by my son walking out (laughs) he's fine um and so I think my challenge for us today is when we open the bible are we saying God speak to me are we first of all making time to read our bible in the week and then are we doing it out of religion or are we doing it because we want God to meet with us because we want Jesus to challenge us and so ask him before you start reading say Jesus what do you want to speak to me about Secondly, I feel challenged. Are we praying enough? Are we praying enough personally? 
we notice, Archie and I, that the more we pray, the more God does stuff. The less we pray, the less God does stuff. Is that a coincidence? Maybe. But funnily enough, coincidences happen when we ask Jesus, when we pray. Are we praying for our friends who don't yet know Jesus? Are we praying for our work colleagues? Are we praying for our families, for our mothers, our brothers, our sisters, our children, our nephews, our nieces? Are we praying for opportunities to share Jesus? Thirdly, are we a stumbling block for others coming to know Jesus? Or are we preparing the way for him? When people look at our lives, do they see something different? Do we show them the love that we've been shown? Are we a stumbling block to other people coming to know Jesus? You know, it's good, isn't it, as Kemi was saying, just to ask God to speak. We often don't want him to comment. She's totally right. But he wants to comment. He wants to change and transform us. Okay, the other reason, another reason why heralding would have happened would have been to gather a crowd. Yesterday, we had a scavenger hunt in Kellens Park, which was really good fun. The weather stayed amazing the whole time, which was honestly an absolute answer to prayer. And uh, Moira, before she started speaking, we had this um, loud hailer thing. And she said, every time you hear this, Ole, 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 ole. Then everyone needs to run back and find us again. And for the first few times, that wasn't really quite so successful because people were literally scattered to the four corners of the park. I'm not sure how well they could hear us over the rugby cheering. Uh, but latterly, towards the end, when people were um, kind of not too far away on the climbing frames, when we played that, the kids literally came running. You could see them from where we were standing. They were coming running towards us. It says in verse 4 in Mark, it says this. Oh, no, it's not verse 4, it's verse 5. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. The whole of the Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem That is a lot of people. We herald so that we can assemble the citizens, so that all the citizens can gather. You see, John was a man of integrity. He practiced what he preached. He dressed as a prophet of old. He had his camel hair clothing. He had leather belt around his waist. He was eating locusts dipped in honey, that just sounds disgusting to me. I'm sure maybe the honey kind of covered up the locustness. Locustness. That's a good word, right? <laughs> it's a new one. You can put it in the dictionary later. See, he was a man of integrity and people wanted to listen to him. We're always suggesting that you invite your friends along to events that we run as a church. Why? Well, we love having fun together, actually, and we love getting to know people. But we also want to prepare a way so that we can introduce them to Jesus. In Luke 5, Levi or Matthew, I'll find it actually, um, as he was also known, the tax collector, had just met with Jesus and decided to follow him. And then the next thing that he did 
It says this, then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to the sect complained to the disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And I love the fact that what happened was that Levi started following Jesus. Then he didn't invite them into a synagogue. Then he didn't say, come round for a Bible study. He said, let's have a banquet. Let's have a feast together and let's invite Jesus in. This week we have an amazing example, actually, of a moment of citizens being assembled, people being gathered together, and actually people in our church making a way for that. And I'm going to totally embarrass him now. But David Berry this week, do you know, this guy, he works in Granton of Spey and he lives in Huntley. And we had an encounter, uh, which is our youth meeting in Aberdeen City Centre. We had a welcome dinner that we had to be at. And so we'd said, me not really thinking about how far David was going to have to travel, David, normally I would take the youth into um, Aberdeen City Centre. Would you do it? <laughs> so David finished work in Granton of Spey, drove to Inverurie, picked up our teenagers, took them into Aberdeen, to something in Aberdeen while they were meeting, and then drove them back to Inverurie and drove them back to Huntley. You see, he was preparing a way for the citizens to assemble. He was preparing a way for those people, those young people to meet with Jesus. But not only that, but our youth invited their friends to come along. So they said to their friends, would you come along and would you come with us into Aberdeen City Centre where we're going to worship, where we're going to open God's word together, and where we're going to have an opportunity to meet with Jesus. And you know, seven young people gave their lives to Jesus that day. What a challenge that is to us. How could we be gathering a crowd? How could we be preparing the way for people to meet with Jesus? Thirdly, heralding was about telling the athletes of a game what the rules were. Our walk with Jesus is often referred to as a race, isn't it? In Hebrews 12, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And I think it's really clear in Mark 1 what the rules for the race are. The rules are repentance. And repentance means two things. Firstly, it means to turn back from. And secondly, it means to return to. And so what is it that we're turning back from? We're turning back from our sin, from the things that we do that offend God. And I think sometimes the word sin to us means murder or stealing, and we can get very muddled up with it. But actually... When I don't put other people above myself, when I don't love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, actually I'm sinning. 
So I just wonder whether today it's a moment where we remember to turn back from the stuff that we've done wrong, to bring it to Jesus and to say, I'm sorry. And then it means to return to. It means to return to Jesus. Return to our first love. The Leadership Academy has been happening this week. And we have eight people that are on the Leadership Academy. And I have to say that in the office, when we've met with any of them, um, it's obviously been the most incredible week. And uh, I'm sure if you speak to Moira at the end, she's doing it um, with us. And I know that she's had an incredible week. Do ask her how it's been. But one person that I met with said, Jude, when I was worshipping, and this person's been a Christian for a long time, when we were worshipping, I felt God's love and his acceptance like I'd never felt it before. I wonder whether there's people here who need to feel the embrace and the love of God this morning. We need to return to Jesus, turn our face towards him. In Mark 8, it says this, sorry, Mark 1 verse 8, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's helper. He's our helper and we can experience the Holy Spirit You know, when Jesus went back up to heaven, he said, I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit. And I think our desire for us as a church is that we don't just tell you about God on a Sunday morning. And that would be all very well and you'd walk back out. But actually that we introduce you to him and that you meet him. That you have a relationship with him. So what are the challenges from this morning? First of all, are we worshipping Jesus with absolutely everything that we have? Frank, it's going to be an awesome time of worship in a moment. (laughs) Are we worshipping Jesus with absolutely everything we have? Like those Aberdeen football players, not players, supporters worshipping their team. If you want to meet with Jesus this morning... We want to invite you to come to the front. And then somebody from our church family will just stand behind you or stand next to you and just put their hand on your shoulder and invite Jesus. And I guess a challenge for us this week is to think, how can we assemble the citizens? Could we have a party like Levi had, where he invited all of his friends along? They had dinner together and they invited Jesus to come. How could we be assembling the citizens? Let's stand.